Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Ironic that that was the one that just played. I was going to say he ain't wrong. Zero percent to my knowledge. To my um, knowledge, I'm in that boat as well. Uh, Jeremy Branham left us. You know, he's too good for us, so he's so gone for the day. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, he's going to ditch us again on Thursday. Uh, Joel and Barry Laminac will be live at the decoy on Thursday. Connor and Beard will be out there as well. That but sounds suspect. You can hang out with uh, the usual B suspects. Mm-hmm. Is that what we call it? What do we call it? The suspect, suspect reunion. Suspect reunion will yeah. be on Thursday. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to see Barry again. I never see he Barry. He thinks it's intentional. In. He gets well, I know, very I, upset. I got to be, be back here. On a thir- yeah, we're a little short-staffed on Thursday. we got some people on vacation. So um, so we got a bunch of stuff to get into. We'll do Cash or Trash at 4.30. You guys can send your suggestions or your Cash or Trash at 713-780-3776. But we found this article we've been meaning to get to for about a week now. But, you know, it's finally time. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. We have uh, from NFL.com uh, the five most important questions ahead of the Super Bowl this Sunday. Uh, number one. Do the Chiefs need a huge game from Patrick Mahomes to win? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes because of the fact that as much as Rice has been more what they were expecting from him, as much as Kelsey resurrected everything and has really been big for them uh, throughout the playoffs, I just believe that the head of the snake and and the reason why, like even when we were betting the Buffalo game and I said, you're going to give me points and give me Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. This is why a team that we all believed was a lot lesser than the previous Chiefs team had a legit chance to win in the playoffs because 15's at quarterback and when 15's at behind center, it's tough. He's tough to beat. And I think that you're play, you're not just playing any foe, right? I, I think, Joe, the one thing that I worried about was San Francisco's got really lucky in their last two games. But there's no denying that whether they got lucky or not, the talent on that roster is far better than the results we've seen in the previous two games. It's really bizarre. Like the defensive line, you look at like a depth chart, it's astonishing looking at it. like Eric Armstead, obviously Chase Young, Bosa. Like like the names are there, but the production is not. Like right. they're not really good against the run. The Lions ate them up. Gibbs and Montgomery had good days last week. Like and Fred Werner in the on the yeah. next line of defense should be another guy that should be preventing that run. Yeah, and should be what he was last year when he was all pro. Yeah, and and they really haven't been that, that defensive line. Like Steve Wilkes has not had the success with them that, you know, that D'Amico Ryans did the year before. So I think that does give a little bit of, like, it takes away some of the pressure from Mahomes because I think Pacheco's going to have a very good day on Sunday. And I think, so I don't I don't think he Mahomes needs to have a, a huge day to win because I, I don't expect this to be a super high-scoring game. Like, even though the 49ers, you know, offense can be electric, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if it needs to. Well, but how, let me ask you this then. How do they win if he doesn't? They need their defense to play really good. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing. Right, they, it, it needs to be like Baltimore. They and, need to get up and early. Gay has been dinged up. Yeah, they need to get up early like they did against Baltimore. Like they need to, if they get the ball first, they need to drive down the field and score or stop San Francisco just like they did Baltimore and score right away because just like Lamar, like and I guess this goes into questions too. Are there any more questions about Brock, about Brock Purdy? Yes. Like we asked this question about about CJ, and, and yes, they went down in both these games against the Packers and um, the Lions. Mm-hmm. Like, they were down 17 versus Green Bay. I can't remember how much. They were down quite a bit versus Detroit as well. I I still question, like, in this moment, 
if if Brock Purdy is down 10 points versus this Chiefs defense, which is very talented, if he can make that. Comeback. He has so much more to prove, Joe, and we were talking about this at the start of the playoffs. Like, who has the most to gain in terms of who has to have the best playoff run? It, in my opinion, it was Brock Purdy, and it was simply because of the fact that he doesn't have the resume of everybody else that was in the playoffs when we were down to the final eight, the final four, and he was the guy that is looking for his next contract. If he craps the bed... He could be looking for work or could be looking for a contract elsewhere when his contract comes up. And and to your point, of the eight quarters that he has played in the playoffs so far to date, he has only showed up with a positive in, six, in two of them. Six, he's basically laid an egg. He has done nothing to move the football. He has done nothing extraordinary, let alone anything better than a little bit better than maybe average. But then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter of both games, when they needed him the most because they were playing from behind and in desperate situations, he was able to pull them through. You're not going to be able to do that against Kansas City. It's a better defense in a lot of ways, or at least the same kind of defense as like a Detroit had. Green Bay kind of played over their heads a little bit. But overall, offensively, you know who you're going up against. And we just talked about 15 and 87 and all the guys that they have. I think Pacheco is a stud. Yeah, and he's awesome. And yards after first contact is ridiculous. So this is a different animal all in itself, and it is playoff-tested, Super Bowl-tested, and there's no stage too big for them. That's why I think that that Brock Purdy has a boatload on his shoulders, and he can't just give you the fourth quarter. He's got to give you the four best quarters he's played as a Niner. Yeah, I think so, too. Like I, I just, I, I, The idea that you're going to have three big comebacks in a row in the playoffs seems unreasonable. Like It would be too much to ask Mahomes to do something like that. Any quarterback ever, whether it was Rodgers or Brady, like they're not they're not having to chase points in the second half in three straight games to try to come back and win. And honestly, like I, I know it's Tom Brady, but like this report that has basically been verified by all parties involved that Kyle Shanahan was trying to convince Tom Brady to come out of retirement. I, I don't know if this is like a, a super bad hot take or what it is, but would you be stunned if, like, if Brock Purdy's terrible, if they don't oh, chase, like, on. Kirk Cousins? They're moving on. Like, they're... I, I wonder, like, if they would chase a different quarterback this offseason. Because I just think Kyle Shanahan has an expectation for what he wants at the quarterback play. And if he feels like he has peaked out with a guy, just like McVay did with Goff, I could see him move on. I don't know if he will or not, but it just it wouldn't stun me. Watch his body language, on the in, in, especially in the Detroit game. Watch, and even in part in the Green Baby game, but was more severe in the Detroit game. He got more and more increasingly frustrated with Purdy as the game went on. And he knew, to your point, he knew what he was expecting his quarterback to do. And honestly, it ain't all that much sometimes. It's get it out of your hands quickly, get it in the hands of your playmakers, and get the hell out of the way. And he wasn't capable of doing that, and it was frustrating Shanahan. They also know that window is closing for this team. As good as they've been... Those contracts are pretty big, and they're only going to get bigger. And you got to start wrapping these guys up or watching them walk out the door. And we all know if they walk out the door, you're going to be a lesser than. And so he knows that it's the, the, the urgency to win is getting in more intense. If he does not play well in this game, there is a big scenario for me. They'll bill it as a competition. They'll keep him around because of his salary. But there's no doubt in my mind that Shanahan will be quarterback hunting this entire offseason if he doesn't play his ass off. Yeah, it really would not shock me if, if they made a move after this offseason. He has not played well. It just seems like Kyle Shanahan knows what he wants in a quarterback, and, and they're going to do whatever it takes because just look at the history of this team. Like You have Jimmy Garoppolo, who like we know what he is in the big games, missing the big throws in the Super Bowl the last time they played. Like, he won a ton of games. They drafted Trey Lance. It didn't work. They ended up going with Brock Purdy. Like, it just, 
they understand and they're in a position where like they can move on. Now financially can they add a big time quarterback? I doubt it. There's not that there's not you don't want Russ. And, and there's not I think see I, I always go back to Kirk just because of his connection to the Shanahan's. It's possible, right? But at the same time, this is not the right market free agency-wise to try and upgrade the quarterback position to the level that I think they want to do it. Now, Cousins, because he's not one of those guys that's going to change the game all by himself, he could be a really good fit there. Yeah. But I think overall, the fact that they lucked out with Purdy because oh. they completely swung and missed and gave up a ton of assets or at least a good amount of assets to to get to Lance. The story is I'll, – I'll throw a question. Is the story better – if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl or if Patrick Mahomes. Because if Mahomes wins, like he's on pace with go- with the GOAT, with Tom Brady. But like it's he- ho-hum because he's supposed to do it. He did it again. Yeah, it was a little better because it was a lesser than roster. But it's Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. But he is like, now he's like, he's in Brady territory. Like he has matched Brady in Super Bowl. plenty of time, in- though. Well, but he's matched the first half of Brady's career. Three in the first six years. Where like Purdy, it's it's almost like Kurt Warner. Like, like it's a it's a nobody. The last pick in the draft. I know Kurt Warner was a free agent coming mm-hmm. from the Arena Football League, but like it it, it kind of is this more fairy tale story for him. Uh, number three, can the 49ers solve the Kansas City's, Kansas City's defense? Even though I love Kansas City's defense, to me the answer is yes. Like if Brock Purdy is is solid, there's so much talent in San Francisco. I think they can figure it out. Here's the biggest difference too. Baltimore went away from the run. It wasn't that 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 Kansas City was stopping the run. It was to your point that they got off to the early lead, they set the tone, and then Baltimore was chasing the rest of the majority of the game, and they felt like the best way to chase was to put the ball in the air and not stick with their strength, which is running the football. I don't think San Francisco's ever going to have a time in this game where they're going to feel like we're going to get away from the run that far. McCaffrey's too good. He's too explosive. He has too many opportunities where he can get you a big play, whether it be in the screen pass game or more predominantly in the run game. He can get you a big chunk play that's going to change the complexion of a drive or the game to where I don't think you're going to see that from San Francisco like you saw from Baltimore. So you're going to have your hands full all game. And because he's more of an open-minded genius offensive play calling wise, the, the biggest question you have is just simply whether Debo's available or not. Because if Debo is going to be a guy that if he gets hit once, he might be out of the game, that's one thing. That's tough. But if these two weeks have allowed him to kind of get well enough that he can be close to what he's been. Now Brock Purdy's better. Yeah. Now now McCaffrey's better. You and now your outside guys and your tight end are better. Uh, we'll quickly go through these last two. Can Kyle Shanahan outwit Andy Reid? I think he can. To me, that's not the question. He's a choker. Like Kyle Shanahan is a choke artist. Like we. Yeah, but wasn't twenty-eight to three? But isn't the fair question? Can Steve Wilkes? Out muster yeah, Andy Reid. Yeah, I think this is a weird question. So yeah, I guess because I think yeah, Shanahan's going to make head coaching decisions, but he's going to put everything on his defensive coordinator in the yeah. defense, and then play it. You know, play it what he has to do offensively. So yeah, it's kind of an unfair question because of the fact that it's just like Andy Reid's not calling defense either. It, it can, can can Steve Wilkes find a way to slow down Kansas City? Uh, for number five, last one here. Will Travis Kelsey remind us once again that he still has plenty left in his tank? Yes. I don't think there's any question about He's gonna it. Have- I think it's going to be a fun battle, actually, because I think Kittle wants to make sure that people don't forget about him as being one of the better tight ends in this league. And he hasn't had that big of a year this year as opposed to previous years, but this is the biggest stage. And if Kittle outshines Travis Kelsey with everybody on Swifty Watch... I think that he's going to impress a lot of people, too. But you bet your bottom dollar that Travis Kelsey knows with his girl, you know, and all the attention and even last night, all the questions he got, that everyone in the world, including just random Swift fans that don't know anything about football, they're expecting big things from him, and he loves that moment. Yeah, I have a plus 1,500 ticket on a Travis Kelsey winning Super Bowl MVP. 
So uh, it's not a bad bet. I, I was like, you know, I feel like in the Super Bowl, that's the one where I feel like they kind of go away from the quarterback sometimes. Like they are willing to recognize the guys who are doing the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I figured, why not? Like, it, it, what's the point of going on Mahomes? Mahomes When's the last time like, they did that? Because I know that like Desmond Howard won it. I know that uh, the Raiders defensive back Von won Miller it. won it. I mean, I guess that's been like a decade at this point. I'd when when the Patriots got the interception against the Seahawks, they still gave it to Brady, and he gave the truck to the guy that got the pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just, I figured, you know what? Like, why not? Like, I don't want to go on a quarterback. I want to go a little bit elsewhere. It's, a, it's good odds. And, I, and I'm going with the Chiefs to win the game, so I, I went with Kelsey. I figured if I'm going to do it, I'm going to take a yeah. long shot. He, he is the, he's the second Chief on the list. Like, if you're looking at the odds right now, like if you look at you know DraftKings, it's Mahomes plus one twenty five, Purdy two twenty five. Uh, Christian McCaffrey plus four seventy five, Travis Kelsey plus twelve hundred on DraftKings. I got it plus fifteen hundred on a different site um, because it's, it's all over the place. Sneed mm-hmm. not on there. I could just see this being a game where Purdy misthrows one and someone gets a a, a, a a pick six. Yeah, at least on this, like you can get defensive players elsewhere, but like at least on this, I'm just I'm looking at covers.com. Yeah, I'm just like, thinking that there might be a defensive player. Yeah, that, they only have they only have Bosa on here, and you can get him like as low as plus seventy five hundred, as high as plus twelve thousand five hundred. So like, there's definitely like a lot of good odds. I just figured, why not? Like, let's throw yeah. some money on Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift will be there. Let's see what happens. All right, he is Joel Blank. I am Joe George filling in for Jeremy Branham. The rest of the show um, coming up next. If my computer will load, oh, there's, no, there's silver lining for Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet. He's out. It sounds like it could be a couple weeks. Like the reports on like what these injuries could be. It could be three to four weeks. It could be almost six weeks. But is there a silver lining with Fred Van Vliet's injuries? That's next here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights. But they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. Killer bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George, Joel Blank here with you till 6 o'clock. Before we get into this Fred Van Vliet stuff, uh, an interesting story just broke uh, that I think everyone listening to this station would like to know. And I think you too, Joel. Uh, if you are already subscribed to Disney Plus, Hulu, or HBO Max, just Max now, there is going to be a new sports streaming space. The parent companies of, listen to this, ESPN, Fox Sports, and TNT Sports are bundling their inventory for a combined sports streaming app. So Fox, ESPN, and TNT at some point this year or next year, are going to have a streaming service in which you can get all of it at one spot. All we're missing is CBS. Your mic's not on. Right. No, it is. All we're missing is CBS. I'll make you talk. <laughs> um, I, re- I really think that if you threw, if there was a way that you could have gotten CBS in this, think about this. I mean, it's, well, it's still I guess pretty you good. Get, yeah, you wouldn't get the NBC per yeah, se, right? You're not going to have – basically, NBC and CBS is what's left out of this, yeah. right? So, like – yeah, you don't have certain NFL games, Notre Dame, from people like me. Like, you would not have... Who's racist in this. and not a complete fan of the Big Ten. Yeah, I know. Um, but this is interesting. Like, this just reported by the Wall Street Journal. Um, like, it's not the... I wish it included everyone. Yeah. But, like, I, I find it Closer. interesting that, like, three companies... See, this... And, and the reason why... Part of the reason why I find this interesting is this is what we talked about the other day when we talked about fixing college football. Yep. Was like this is kind of to me 
the start of like if ESPN, Fox, and TNT wanted to buy men's basketball and college football and put them on their platforms together, this is kind of like a partnership that kind of launches something like that. This down is the, road. the closest right now for a dream scenario for sports fans. And if you only had to buy two, look, we all know about Paramount Plus and Peacock and all these other ones. If you could just get to a point where you would just have to buy two and, and say CBS and NBC pair up, which it'll never happen, but if they did, and you could pair those two and throw in wherever else, we're, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the, the Amazon games. If there was a way to bundle the other, the remaining three and then use it as a, as a pawn to fix what's wrong with college sports, this would be a massive win for everybody because obviously everybody's still going to subscribe and everybody's still going to want these, these services. But at the same time, it's just so spread out and people's incomes are so different. They can't just be buying and picking and choosing which ones they want and don't want. If it, there was a way to simplify it, but also to monetize it for the, the powers that be, it would be the best solution. Yeah, this is interesting. And like, if you care, like not, not everyone does, like the payment structure of this is these, the, they're going to split it three ways. It's going to be a 33-33-33 split between the three companies uh, as they operate this app. I just think it's an interesting note. Uh, now we just need uh, the Space City Home Network to be on something besides like Fubu and uh, the other ones. Like I hate that I'm gonna have my to wife bail is on YouTube TV. With Directv, and I just I got to get out from that. See, I lo- like I'm on YouTube TV right now. I-, I wish so badly the Astros was available on that because they do the they do the quad box because they have the Sunday ticket. They started doing it for uh, either a split box or a quad box like college football, but they wouldn't let you choose what was on there, mm. but they're going to allow you to start doing that. So like I'm going to be able to football season. Like it, it's making dad me very happy because I could put on like a Disney movie on the right oh. side of the screen with the sound of that. And then put the Notre Dame game on the left side. It's going to let you choose your boxes. Yeah, the kids can go in their point. room and watch something. Uh, there's no doubt that I, on like an NFL Sunday, this yeah. would be the biggest thing. Yeah, so that, it's just going to be interesting. All right, so if you haven't seen the news, Fred Van Vliet, uh, he's hurt. He's going to be out for an uh, undetermined amount of time. Uh, uh, yes, Netflix um, picked up WWE Monday Night Raw. Those prices are going to go up. Ooh. I'm going to be out on Netflix at some point. So even more drama and acting on those channels. It's true. Um, but at least they, they get hurt for real. Wrestling isn't real. Uh, it's real enough. What's wrong? You really don't like wrestling? No, I don't. What's wrong with this? It's fake. It's no different than like a reality TV show. It's way different than real sports. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah, for I sure. mean, I know you guys are so entrenched in Vanderpump rules yeah, there's nothing, that you like, need another me, night like, of drama in yeah. your life. I don't. Like it's no different than Vanderpump, except like sometimes people get hit in that with chairs. Okay. Like, it's, it's, I'm fine with it. I don't watch it religiously like I used to. Mm. Uh, Junior Broncos says, Joe can put on Notre Dame, U of I, Northwestern, and the Cubs. I don't watch two of those schools. U of I. Uh, and Northwestern. Uh, I don't watch bad sports. Even though Northwestern's basketball team is pretty good this year. Is Collins but, still there? Yeah. Fred Van Fleet's out for a little bit. Uh, is there a silver lining with this injury? There's to no me, question about it. Yes, 100%. Right? Like, yeah. it, and it's all about Amen Thompson. Right, right, no doubt. And, and I guess Cam Whitmore, too. But, you know, I, I said this to you guys at the start of the year, before the year even started. I said, look, there is going to be a time to showcase that the veterans on your roster have value so that other teams will come calling between now and the trade deadline. And I set the deadline as the trade deadline. At the trade deadline, and, you know, you, this is an unfortunate set of circumstances where you might have to you, you get this kind of bonus before. And I don't want to say a bonus because I don't want Fred to be hurt. 
But I said right after the trade deadline, I want to see no more of Holiday. I want to see a lot less of Jeff Green spending on when Tari Eason's ready to play. Not that Jeff Green's been bad, but I need to see the kids, right? I need to start weeding out the veterans. I don't need to see any more Bullock. I don't need to see the guys that I don't expect to see after this year. I need to see Amen Thompson getting more minutes and getting a chance to run the, the, the entire show more. It seems like Udoka is going to want to put the ball in Jalen's hands and try and make him into what he has never been, which is a distributor as well as a scorer. This is an opportunity for him to do that. It's harder when Fred has his hands on the ball all the time and Jalen is always, every time I touch it, I got to shoot it. That doesn't change the narrative if he's only getting it when Fred passes it to him or other guys. This way, Udoka can kind of hammer his point home of, I'm going to put the ball in your hands more, but you're not shooting every time. Yeah, I, I think it was, it was interesting about because I'm with you about those players. And like we're going to do kind of like our trade deadline wish list. And I think uh, at 5, F, uh, 515, and I think that some of those guys will reappear on, of guys you more want to trade away. I don't know how much you and I, when we do that segment, are going to be talking about adding to this roster more right. of removing from the roster. But it's a, it's a positive because I know like the, the three of us have talked about you know Fred Van Vliet being here for the three years of his contract, and we all unanimously were a no. Like it, It's not going to happen. It's unlikely to happen. Amen Thompson does have the opportunity here to kind of speed up that process. Mm-hmm. Like he, If he took some major strides this season, he can make it more complicated for them. Like I understand Fred got a big contract, but if 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 a man is taking major strides, you have to factor that in when he comes back down the road. Like the the goal of this injury time for Fred Van Vliet for the Houston Rockets should be that Amen Thompson has us having a lot of uncomfortable conversations. Right, because you got to be creative. I think that this a lot depends on the consistency of Jalen Green. Some of the things I just talked about, is he willing to pass the ball as well as just shoot it? You know, you're going to find because you're going to be struggling to find minutes for all the young guys that you want to evaluate and also kind of instruct and work with to get better. And there's only so many room. There's only room for so many when you're playing five at a time. But if Jalen's going to continue to have these Jalen moments, and especially if they're more persistent than they are the the heater that he was on for the previous five games, then you could play Fred and Amen together possibly yeah. because Fred's a, a good enough shooter. But you're going to maybe it, it it forces Udoka to be a little bit more creative. But at the end of the day, the end result has to be I'm developing the young players. I'm getting a great look at the ones that I got to figure out sooner rather than later, starting with Jalen and then going to Jabari and the guys basically in their draft order, you know, in the years they were drafted to figure out who I'm keeping, who I'm paying, the things I'm doing. And it's going to be completely eliminating the usage of the, the veterans that really did their job and they did it just fine. But there's a time when they you got to switch gears and realize from the from the trade deadline to the end of the season, it's all about developing the young players. Yeah, and I still think Ime looks at this as like wanting to win, even if it means like like look, look, they're not they're not going to have their own first round picks. So like it, it almost doesn't matter. Like you're not jockeying for for draft position here because like you're not going to end up what's the top four protected pick before Oklahoma City gets there or whatever is this year. Like, that, that's not... The odds of that happening are so unlikely. You're losing so. your pick. You're gaining Brooklyn's pick. Yeah, so it's just... It is what it is. So like, when, that to me is where, like, like forcing trying to win um, now is unnecessary. It's still about development. And just hopefully, Amen Thompson, like, we'll see enough to where he well, forces... Let me ask you this, though, Joe, before we get off of that. Who is the loud... Is it Tillman? Because there's no other voice... I have no idea. There is no other voice in the room that is going to tell Udoka, you can't, you can't fast-forward phase two. But because see, he, he's he's already stepped over stone to have the loudest voice in the room. 
the only guy that can potentially step in. It's not going to be Patrick Tillman's son. It has to be a guy like Tillman that comes in and goes, I understand you're passionate and adamant about speeding up this process, but we're not going to screw up all the young talent that we have drafted and worked so hard to try and develop, and we're still developing, and say it's time to pull the plug on some of them. So Jeremy and I had this discussion a little bit last night. Like I actually think and we were, when we were talking about it, um, I, I feel like the Steven Adams trade kind of spit in the face of that report. Like, if, if Adoka really wanted to fast-forward this thing... He needed someone for this year. Like, why wouldn't you trade for someone that's going to help you now? Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you, like, call Chicago and trade right. for Vooch? Why wouldn't you trade for, Drummond. you know, like, Capella or Drummond or, like, someone that, like, would help you right now? I, it almost makes me just not believe the report, honestly. I hope not. Because I like, think that, look, Odoka's got all the job security in the world. And if you're already in year one, the loudest voice in the in the room, that you're in a very comfortable position... But don't overstep your bounds in year one and, yeah. and shoot for the moon when you're basically not even close to the stars. That would be a mistake because you have job security. That Everybody in the world has confidence in you. And you've already overachieved from what everybody expected coming off a 22-win season for the entire totality of a season. You're already beyond that. So you're already in a better position and no one's looking for you to, and pointing a finger. But don't screw that up by saying you wanted to trade some of your young players to get a backup big and a shooter for this year. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it doesn't. So we'll do our uh, Rockets trade deadline wish list coming up at 515. If you want to add players, fine, send them to us. We'll probably poo-poo on all of them. Uh, maybe not all of them, but at least some of them, the big names, uh, as there will. But coming up next, cash it or trash it. Send in your suggestions. What do you want us to cash? What do you want us to uh, trash? That's next year on The Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Prepare for overreaction on my mark. It's that time of the week where overreactions are not only welcome, they're celebrated. They say Muhammad Ali was the greatest of all time, but he never fought Cassius Clay. It's Cashem or Trashem with the Killer Bees. This is your hot take. Hmm. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. All right, time to cash it or trash it here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George and for Jeremy Branham. The last two hours of the show. If you guys have any, you want to want us to cash or trash, you can twitch them. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. We're getting some nominations for who twitched it. We're going to do that at some point (laughs) this week, maybe even tomorrow. I I still got a couple of I got one for you to start with. Yeah? You want to go first? Yeah, I'll start with one. Go for it. Because we're just coming off this conversation anyway, and I'm interested in what the people think too. Jalen Green will be traded before the start of next season. Cash. I'm going to cash it. I think that Jalen Green will not be a Rocket next year. I think that most of this Bridges stuff with Brooklyn is a smoke signal, a smoke screen. But it's a it's a message to the NBA of like, hey, we're going to move on from this guy this offseason. I don't expect you to remember this. But I said to you uh, about two or three weeks ago, it's time to start gauging the value of Jalen Green. It's not time to trade him. But it's time to start calling around and saying, ifs, buts, candies, nuts. If he was out there, what would you give me? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest drawback, there's two drawbacks. for the. For, I, I completely think that you don't trade him until he's in the final year of his deal. Okay? When you've got to make that big decision of, am I giving him max money on potential or am I moving on? But I think the two things dragging you down were he went on the heater for five games. And everybody's like, wait a minute. This could be the awakening where suddenly he gets it. And two, and more importantly, there wasn't a significant enough return out there that they were chasing. Bridges, to me, 
is nothing more than a glorified good player. Okay, I agree. I agree with you. But there is a line. Actually, I asked Jeremy this question last night because it's something I've talked about a lot on my show. Um, most nights from 6 to 7, the bullpen. I Not listen. tonight, though. Um, you bring up more content there than you do in our show. You guys have two people, two brains. I have one brain. Um, if what, what is the line of Jalen Green? Like, when does he, like, if you're looking at a graph, when does he fall into the losing value, like, part he, of his he fell. career? But like that's what I'm saying. Like how much but longer now, he, he he was falling and he couldn't get up. Then he did that five game heater. That's why changed a lot. I feel like this off season is like you have to make a decision. And like you might regret it. Like you might trade him and then he goes somewhere else and like it has great success. But I think also you might keep him and then if he doesn't perform well, which I don't think he will, he loses all of his trade value. And then he doesn't. Right, then even, he walks and you get nothing for and him. And then you don't even get bridges. Like, See, that's the, the biggest thing. I, I The reason why I said this, too, is in the offseason is when teams made hard, make hard decisions. There wasn't someone good enough or a package good enough for you to say, I'm going to dangle Jalen Green. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna try have some conversations. Nothing's gonna get serious. This offseason when you realize certain teams that might have been chasing a playoff berth decide it's time for us to totally rebuild. Maybe Cleveland, who's won fourteen out of fifteen or something ridiculous right now, maybe there's a time when Donovan Mitchell does become available, because that's the kind of player you're chasing. You're chasing a legit bona fide superstar. They weren't available or they don't seem to be available right now. This offseason, if you can find Harden Trade Part Two or you could find an up-and-coming guy, square peg, round hole on the current team, mm-hmm. and you also have one of those, maybe it makes sense. But that's why I think the Rockets will probably trade Jalen Green before the start of next season. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh, so I'm definitely definitely a cash it. Uh, my first one. Dre, you're not in the tra- chat right now. This one's for you. Dak Prescott will not be the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback in 2025. So not this upcoming season, the, following, the season. following season. They will move on. Ah, man. I'm going to cash it. Okay. I'm going to cash it, but I I have some reservations. But Jerry is a loose cannon. Jerry, at a certain point, as loyal as he can be, just like he said, he's not. he and Bill Belichick can work together. Well, why are you talking about Bill Belichick when Mike McCarthy's still your head coach? Mm-hmm. If he's willing to have those discussions now, that means he's contemplating something. He's... he's <clears throat> Excuse me. He's evaluating all his options for the future. He's going to do the same thing at quarterback. Do you want to pay Dak Prescott six, Prescott sixty million dollars a year to be, <laughs> to be the easiest thing. to be an MVP no. candidate for the regular season and then crap the bed and wipe it all over himself in the playoffs? Yeah, no shot. I want I want no interest in that. Like I am definitely moving on. I, I, I hate the Cowboys, so I want that to be the case. I want yeah. them to have a lot of interest in Dak and to keep him around. But I think Jerry Jones is a smart enough businessman and a, and a shrewd enough GM in the way that he likes to go attack things. He's given Dak a boatload of money, and what's Dak giving him? Yeah, I, th- I think you got to move on. Uh, and I don't know when like the best time to trade him would be. Honestly, like I would, I would honestly contemplate trading him this offseason. Uh, Who's I, taking I, him? I think there are a lot of teams that would Tampa Bay is too cheap. What about New England? Uh. Do they want to spend that much money I don't know on what Dak that Prescott? franchise is doing, honestly. I don't either. But, I mean, even with their coaching staff, we talked about that. And some of the guys they're bringing in what they're trying to do there. But personnel-wise, like, I think it'd be an unbelievably shrewd move to get Marvin Harrison Jr. with their draft pick. Yeah. But that's not what they need most. No, they, they need, a need a quarterback. Yeah. This is one of the Virginia VB, VBW. Uh, half of Twitch will be dead in 2025. Can we do more current events? I'm sorry. That's a great point. 
Most of you will be gone by 2025. Twitchers? Yeah, that's yeah, what that's probably what, that's right. what VB, VBW said. Uh, I got two more. I can roll through them. Go. If like. I mean, Abigail, are you, are you joining the conversation? Wait, so I, I definitely agree with Dak Prescott because literally, like, last season, he, like, cost us the playoffs. My boyfriend. Us? Or cost. Okay. Hmm. Half us of is my, fine. my extended family lives in Dallas. Okay. So it's, like, half Texas, half. Okay, fair enough. Dallas. I didn't know. And every time I even watched it, and, like, you can just see he always cost the playoffs, like, first game. And so, that's why. It was a joyous experience for me. By the way, I feel like a proud papa. Thank you so much that's for joining Abigail. the show. That's what I wanted, and that's what I got. Thank you, Abigail. You of did a course. great job. <laughs> look, I, I think that, look, as a Packer fan, I don't want that. As a Packer fan, my Super Bowl was the fact that I don't care how far they went, and they should have beat, beat the Niners. The but they beat the Cowboys. So, our yeah. season was a success. So, the fact is, you can get better everywhere else. And they've done that. Look, they found Ferguson at a fine institution like Wisconsin. And they brought him in, and he was the answer to Dalton Schultz. They have a guy that Micah Parsons, not only is he a great player, but he's not going to shut his mouth. And he's telling you they need to get better. At a certain point, Jerry, it's going to be pooper, you know what. Get yeah. off the, And you got to get off the DAC train. Um, Rick Pitino mm-hmm. says, college basketball, I'm going to expand this a little bit. College basketball, men's basketball, and football need a salary cap. An NIL salary cap. Football, okay. football. you throw football in the mix. So the reason, so I, I trash this opinion. And the reason why is because all it does is send us back into under-the-table deals. Like, I, all, that's all it, it does. Could. It, to me, like, it accomplishes nothing because then it just means you're going to have more under-the-table NIL stuff, more handshake agreements. We're going back to that. Like, I, it almost, like, screams, like, I want to be dirty again, Rick Pitino. It could. No, not Italian restaurant, Rick Pitino. Dirty. Yeah, not that dirty. Okay, not that dirty. We're like, talking about, like, like, you know, like, bringing prostitutes yeah, to dirty. the dorms yeah. at Louisville dirty. Yeah, not employee on, yeah. the, on the Italian Yeah, we're not going that dirty. Restaurant table. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh... You need a solution one way or the other. At least the fact that you know, and this is, you know what, Joe, this goes back to why we have this never-ending conversation amongst the three of us trying to get people to realize this is why good coaches are quitting college sports. This is why a head coach in college football is going to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. This is why Harbaugh jumped ship. This is why David Shaw left Stanford. This is why some of the biggest basketball coaches in the sport got out of it, including a Jay Wright and a Roy Williams. Because the NIL headache... And the transfer portal took all the fun out of coaching because they're doing 10 to 15% coaching and the entire rest of the time recruiting money and or resources trying to attract everybody to come play for their team and they can't do what they love to do. This is why it's scary. you got to fix it. A cap, you're right. Short-term fix, long-term, probably not. Would it get accomplished, the overall goal? Maybe short-term, but probably not. But there has to be a solution because it's going to blow up sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I I don't think a salary cap fixes the problems, but I just I think the tr- you have to you have to curtail the transfer, and then and and maybe and I don't know I guess that's discrimination and not fair either if you try to cap how much a, any individual player can make. Yeah, but like and that, I think like like I I'm typically not a big feelings guy. Also. I guess I'm somewhere in the middle of like player feelings. You and, you and Jeremy are like that. I, well, like I was just saying, I'm kind of in the middle. It's like, but could you have a salary cap for a team and then 90% of the money goes to one player? What about the rest of the team? That seems like a mistake. That's what I'm saying. Could you do yeah. it for individuals? 
you could. Yeah, like could you cap out each player? Like each individual player's maximum amount of income from NIL deals is $5 million. All right, real quick, last one. The Clippers win the West. I'm cashing it. I, oh. I, I, wa- I watched them play last they're night. Re- they're really good. I watched them play last night. Kawhi still can play defense. Kawhi. Zubats can play. Kawhi quietly could be MVP of this league. Kawhi is... He's playing like I didn't think it was humanly possible for or physically possible for him to do ever again. Right, because you know why? Because he's been mailing it in for a majority of his seasons and cashing checks. But when he's proven that if pushed and it with it, he's motivated, he's still one of the best players in the world. Russ is playing his ass off for like five million and just playing his role. Harden's, Harden's passing the ball. It's Paul bottom. George is doing what Paul George does. Their role players have been great. I look at this and say, OKC ain't ready yet. Minnesota's going to find a way to falter because they're still too young. This is going to come down to Denver and the Clippers, and it's going to be a hell of a run. In the past 30 games, this is from Woj. He tweeted this out. Uh, Clippers are 25-5. and Kawhi Leonard is averaging 26.4 points per game, shooting 57% from the field uh, field goal percentage, 51% from three. That's unreal. 92% free throws. He's the first player to average 25-55-50-90 with those shooting splits over any 30-game span in the history of the NBA per Stats Williams. And you is, could hang Wash on his jump shot. It has no arc, and it goes in from everywhere. Kawhi is like, he has turned back the clock. In a, in Screw Lucas 61. Kawhi could win the MVP. 100%. Like, and, he, and the way he plays defense, like, like Kawhi, if he plays enough games, I, I think can do it. All right, who are the worst people to watch the Super Bowl with. That's next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, hey, we're talking about the big game coming up this weekend. You know how you make it better? You know how you make it more entertaining? You want to make, make your guests happy if you're having people over to the house? You get some Daisy Dips. The Daisy Dips, so easy to do. You don't have to make them. Like my mom used to make the best French onion dip, but she'd sit there in the kitchen and try and figure out the right combo between the sour cream, the soup mix, the spices. You do none of that. You go to the grocery store. You go to the dairy aisle. You get yourself a tub of the French onion dip, a f- tub of the, f- the ranch. You bring it home no matter what you serve. You're a hero and a winner no matter how the game goes with your favorite team or whatever you're doing watching that game. The game could be a complete stinker, but the food is going to be what everybody remembers, and they're going to thank you for it. Get the Daisy Dips. They're going to make your wings better. They're going to make your pizza better and, of course, your chips and veggies. Check them out today in the grocery aisle. Go to get to your local grocery store and get you some Daisy Dips. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George, Joel Blank here with you on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 on the Killer Bees. Uh, very quickly, before we go out and uh, or before we discuss the worst people to watch the Super Bowl with, let's go out to the phone lines. The HRMP listener and talk to Rob. Rob, what's going on? Appreciate you Hey guys, appreciate you taking my call. I just, uh, I was wondering if you would expand your your thoughts on why you didn't think a salary cap would work in college football when it when it works so well in the NFL. Um, I, I agree that you, I understand your reason with with underhand deals, but I think if you put the same the same penalties on, if that would happen, you know, a player wouldn't be allowed to play for that school. Obviously, I don't think the NCAA would be able to do this. I think the NCAA is going to go away here pretty soon. But I think whatever entity is next would, would absolutely have a salary cap and, and hopefully multi-year deals. 
Well, I, you know, thank you for the call, Frank. I mean, uh, Rob, Rob. Sorry, thanks, Rob. my bad. Uh, I was thinking of Frank when he called earlier. Hope, hope Frank, I mean, Rob calls back sometimes. Sorry, Rob, my apologies. I just do stupid things on this show. Listen to our new promo about uh, the fire alarm from yesterday. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I think the, the first part of that is that why would we ever trust the NCAA to do anything correctly? Like, like that to me is where it, it's just they can't even get – they couldn't even get the NIL right. I mean, look, they have a whole new problem on their hand. They they have a union officially. Like there is officially going to be a union. A court ruled yesterday. It's Dartmouth, so people don't really pay attention to this. But a court ruled that the Dartmouth men's basketball team can unionize, which means they can get paid. Like they, they ruled they are employees of Dartmouth going forward. Like that to me is a super under talked, like under discussed story over the last twenty four hours and what it means for the future of college sports because we saw it with Northwestern when they tried a couple years ago and it, and it flopped, but it seems like for this one... All these brainiac schools it's, that it's, don't have to worry about a whole lot. Yes. like it, So I, I think that's part of it. Is like I just don't think the NCAA can regulate this. I think the salary cap could work if you went to my model, which is just pay the players outright from the universities, and then you can get more balance there. Um, but, you're, but you're still going to get corruption. You are. You always are. Right, like, and that's the biggest problem because there's no way to regulate it. And the NCAA went from turn the other cheek and just ignore the fact that the players have been deprived when they have been the main reason these universities and the NCAA as a governing body have been just rolling in dough. And they went from one extreme to the other. Now it is so, like, out of control that it's running roughshod. That everybody's doing whatever the hell they want. And no one sees a, a, a potential way out of it to where in the next three to five years, it's not going to be, be even more chaos than it is going to be the problem fixed. Yeah, like I, I hear Rick Pitino, like like I, I hear his reasoning because he feels like he can't, you know, put together, like he can't compete with some of these other teams and their big NIL collectives. But I, I don't think it is really a solution. Like I, I don't think it achieves what he wants. At the same time, yeah, you're right because all it takes, but but at the same time, all it takes is one big donor with deep pockets that could change any university's fortune. Look at the guy down in Miami forever and a day that just kept pumping funds into the U, and suddenly they got good. They got a good basketball team. Their football team fell a little short more than they succeeded. Yeah. Sorry, Dell, not sorry. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, it can happen. It doesn't have to be Alabama, it doesn't have to be the biggest of the big. It could still potentially happen. But at the end of the day, like until you change the reason why, to Rob's point, that a, a salary cap at some point or some other solution that way has to be implemented is because the, you have free agency in professional sports. But the only thing that really can keep professional sports regulated is the fact that there's a cap. You can't just run loose and the Yankees and Dodgers can just spend until their their hearts desire. They fill up their roster. There's a cap for a reason. The fact that because you have the, the, evil com- the evil combo platter of NIL and the transfer portal and it's not fixed and there is no salary regulation or income regulation, it's going to run amok no matter what. You have to start in, in every phase of it yeah. to try and get control of it. Yeah, I, I definitely think that like it, it, it could work. I just don't trust this current group that operates college athletics to fix it. shows it. you how soft the NCAA has been went from turning the other cheek to just letting it get completely out of control in the fact that you need the two biggest conferences to get their highest-ranking officials together to try and figure out a problem because you, who, as the governing body, haven't seen the urgency to figure it out and fix it. Honestly, I think the best thing they could do 
um, would deform deform their new a new league. I know we talked about this with men's basketball and college football. I was kind of thinking about it more, and I would just name co commissioners, and I, I would name Coach K and Nick Saban the co commissioners of this new league to at least get it off the ground. It's not bad, and figure out like like both these guys quit. Two of the best coaches of all time. Probably the two best coaches of all time in their sports. But also they two bailed. coaches that have had experience and whether oh, they whether oh, they were tempted or oh, they made, no, no, it, no. made it work for both of them. Both real dirty. And their players. But yeah, they've been there, done that on both sides to understand what could. And, and the, but, the, but the only question would be, do they want to fix it? Because they like being the big dogs in, 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 a, in a kennel full of little puppies. Mm-hmm. They like being able to have that advantage over the majority of college teams and only have to worry about a handful. That's their ideal scenario, but it's not about them. It's about saving the entire sport. All right, who is the uh, – if you're hosting a Super Bowl party, uh, who's the worst person to watch Super Bowl with? Like Sir Talk a lot. 100%. I don't care if you're there for the commercials only, but, like, it, there are people there who are there for the game and people there who are there for the commercials and the people who just chit-chat the whole time. Oh, my God. Shut the hell up and stop worrying about the commercials or waiting for them or do that in an upstairs bedroom. Yeah, it's, it is – I mean, I, we've had multiple invites to Super Bowl parties already. And the greatest thing about this job is it's the number one excuse why we don't have to go. Mm-hmm. Because all you can say is, no, Joel's got to work, so he's got to really pay attention to the game. So, yeah, and, and if someone's savvy enough to say record it, well, you shut your mouth. Because wow. I'm not worried about you. I'm telling you that, you know, I, there's almost so much time in a day. We've got kids. We've got things going on. i got to focus on the game. Because the last thing you want to do is, like, say there's a, a two-minute drive going on, and you're trying to watch it, and someone says, hey, you can eat those chips, and can I get – and anybody see the remote? And I'm like, what is going on? Shut up. Uh, 0613 said, uh, this person's wife. I'm not going to say my wife because we don't watch the Super Bowl together. Really? She doesn't come to the Super Bowl party. She works. Oh, bonus for you. Just doesn't, doesn't want to be there. Bonus for you, though. Lisa um, wants to watch, but Lisa's definitely more focused on the Okay, I, I have to choose my words carefully here because I don't want to offend anyone. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to offend anyone in the room here. Um, the people that complain about the food because we didn't cater to them being uh, on a diet or vegetarian vegan. Well, I mean, you didn't get Daisy, <laughs> you didn't get daisy dips. But, like, I, have you ever had that where, food. like, people, like, I, more of the diet, honestly. I get vegetarian and vegan, but the people like who go to a Super Bowl party and like, oh, I'm on, I'm on a diet. I, I can't eat any of this. Yeah, go home and watch it by go yourself. Away. Go away. Yeah, because even my There's wife, hummus. who's a vegan, will still eat. There's certain chips. She yeah. eats, she eats a lot of the different stuff. It's just that you know, if she wants her stuff, she'll go get or, or order or go to the grocery store in the week leading up to it herself. But see, that's that's a good person. That's a good person, like, knowing yeah, that, like, just, not everyone's going to cater to them all the time. Like, if I'm having people over and I don't know that so-and-so or so-and-so's significant other is vegan or is on a diet, and I'll, I'll throw the veggie tray out there. It's on you if you can stick to just that. And if you're hungry after that, you want me to order you a cheese pizza and let you sit in the corner? Fair. Tough. Yeah, tough life. All right. Christian McCaffrey uh, is obviously a big reason why the 49ers – have had the success they had. But last year, like it was a surprising deal that it seemed like the 49ers would acquire someone like Christian McCaffrey. Like it was a good amount of draft capital involved, but it was not too crazy. If you could have the Texans do a similar type deal, who would you have the Texans trade for this offseason that can give you a Christian McCaffrey style impact on this team? That's next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 975 and 925.